Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. In Jesus' name. Hope you ain't got nowhere to go today, because I came ready to preach today. You, today should have been Crock-Pot Sunday, ladies. That means you can put something in that thing and turn it on for a week and never burn it. Today was Crock-Pot Sunday. I'm just kidding. If you brought your Bibles, let's go to the book of Genesis. When I hit Revelation, we'll be done. I'm just kidding, but I'm not kidding. Let's go to Genesis <laughs> chapter 13 this morning. Amen. I love, I love this house. I love this family. No other family I'd rather be connected with than you. Love, 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 Release City family. All right, Genesis chapter 13. You guys ready to get into the Word today? hope everybody feels comfortable and good and hungry because we're fixing to break the bread of life. I believe this Word is life. I believe this Word is everything we need. Genesis chapter 13. I'm going to start with verse 8. Now, I'm not going to have time to go through the whole, this whole story, so I encourage you in your own time this week to go back and kind of get the full scope. But I want to, I want to, let's just jump right into this story already in progress. It says this, finally, Abram, this is also we know as Abraham. Finally, Abram said to Lot, who was his nephew, let's not allow this conflict. Stop. <laughs> Anybody ever had conflict in your family? <laughs> I, th- I thought it was important to share that they were family and there was conflict. Even within the people that God chose to use. Okay. Finally, Abram. So we're all safe. Amen. 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 Finally, Abram said to Lot, let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives. The whole countryside is open to you. This is Abram speaking to Lot. Take your choice of any section of the land you want and we'll separate. If you want the land to the left, then I'll take the land to the right. And if you prefer the land on the right, I'll go to the left. Now, let me just break this down a little bit. What we've got going on here is these two families that are actually one family, and they've got all this, all this cattle and sheep. And how many knows if you just got one little area and you got two families that are trying to, 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 to produce crop and do things on one small area, there's not enough room. The, the, the ground can't give enough life to what it's being demanded of it. Does that make sense? And so these two families... And so Abram tells Lot, he said, take your family and your herds and go wherever you want to go, and I'll go the opposite way. So Lot goes, and he chooses what looked in his eyes to be the best land. <laughs> well, like, we weren't expecting him to go, oh, that little, that little piece of ground over there with all the brown ground and nothing. We'll take that. No, no, he was looking. How many knows we selfish people? Come on. Come on, somebody. I'll take what looks to be. The good land. Now, we, look, we learn later that this is actually, uh, for those of you that have been around Bible a long time, this is actually the area he chose was what we know today as Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> all, 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 my, all, my, all my vacation Bible school people just say, ooh. Yeah, that's a whole other story for a whole other day. But that's the land he chose. Because how many knows what the world has to offer? Typically, it, it, it's going to look good, right? It, it's going it's to try to get to your appetite. All right, so let's, let's keep reading. I'm going to jump on down to verse 14 of the same chapter 13. It says this, After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, Stop. I thought it was interesting that it took Lot leaving before God began to speak to Abram. 
what, what, what I, my takeaway from that is the same is true for you and I, that sometimes we need to clear some space in order for God to speak. You may not have a person named Lot, but you may have a lot that needs to go. I just figured we'd talk about this at the first of the year because, you know, we like to hoard stuff and bring stuff and friendships, and we like to keep that stuff. Listen, it could be a situation that you need to distance yourself from. All right, let's keep reading. Because some of y'all are like, mm, preacher, you're getting too tight up in here. It's tight, but it's right. Here we go. Verse 15. I am giving... This is what God said to Abram. I am giving all this land. He said, look as far as the east and the west. He said, look, as far as you can see, I'm giving this to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many, and I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I am giving it to you. Stop. I thought even the land that his nephew Lot chose, God is saying, I'm giving you that too. So for you here today, just because somebody is taking an area that you thought was going to be yours, a job that you thought was yours, come on, somebody, please track me here. It can still be yours. He said, as far as you can see, I'm giving you this land. He said, go and walk through the land in every direction. I am giving it to you. So Abram moved his camp to Hebron and settled settled near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. There he built another altar. It's not the first time we heard that word this morning. He built an altar to the Lord. I've titled today's talk simply this, how you see it matters. Nudge your neighbor and tell him, say it matters how you see it. You may not be able to change what you're looking at and you may not be able to change your circumstances, but you can change how you see it. You might not can change it, but I can change my mindset of how I'm looking at this thing that's, that's bothering me. Let me give you the first point today. You ready for it? Here's your first point for those who are taking notes. I know that's everybody in the room. You must have a vision. How do we change what we're looking at? How do we change? It's because you have, first have to have a vision. Now, it's, it's always a good, good, um, good pastoral plan To share about vision at the beginning of a year, and a lot of times churches, and I've done it myself, where we share about the vision of the ministry and where we're headed and where we're going. But today I thought we should hit the brakes, pump the brakes just a few minutes, and let's talk about the vision for your life. Let's talk about what do you see. Instead of looking at that situation that is causing you stress and anxiety, if you'll have a vision for your life, if you have a vision for life, you'll begin to see that through, through heaven's eyes. Okay? Matter of fact, it was Helen Keller that said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight. I can see you, but I have no vision. Proverbs 29, 18 says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Another translation says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Meaning they basically run around without purpose. I've seen a lot of people who run around this life on earth without purpose because they are, they are living unrestrained. All they, need is a, all they need is a vision. All they need is a direction for their life. In my own life, I, at different times, I, I had no vision. Excuse me, I had a vision, but I lost sight of the vision. 
for my life. I'm not talking about ministry. I'm talking about where I was going. I knew there was a call of God on my life. I knew that um, it's funny because Adam spoke to our students um, uh, Thursday night, and, and he was sharing the difference between his his journey and Pastor B's journey. Well, first, as soon as you put a pastor in front of anybody's name, they automatically have this assumption that he has it all together. <laughs> Can't say that I do, ladies and gentlemen. Um, most days, <laughs> most weeks. But there have been moments in my life through when I graduated high school and I moved to Atlanta. I, I shared this with the, with the students. I had my eyes on, on the creation <laughs> more than I did the creator. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about girls, okay? Like, that's where my focus went. And I had a vision for my life. I knew that there was something I was supposed to be doing, somewhere I was going, but I lost sight of the vision because there was my vision, <laughs> what, I could, what I could see with naked eye, no pun intended. <laughs> so, essentially what God was saying is this, church, that without a vision for your life, you'll never find fulfillment. I, I could just stay right here on point one. If you don't have a vision for where you're going, first and foremost, just you. But all my married people, if you don't have a vision for your marriage, it's going to be very easy for you to get lost in miscommunication. Notice how I went the opposite directions. If you don't have a vision for where we're, you're going, you'll never find fulfillment and you'll never find what God created you for and you'll never see the direction and the thing that God is calling you to do. Now, when I say vision, again, I'm not talking about eyesight. In the original Hebrew, the word vision is talking about prophetic insight. What's that mean? That means it's seeing it like God sees it. It's seeing her like God sees her. It's seeing my kids like God sees. It's seeing you like God sees you. Okay? Remember, it, how you see it matters. Seeing your life the way God sees your life. Seeing your future the way God sees your future. Seeing your marriage. Seeing your finances the way God sees your finances. Not just seeing it with these eyes. Because listen, not just seeing, because these eyes will only allow you to see your circumstances. But from your innermost being, your heart, because your heart don't have eyes, but that's the core of who you are. And when you begin seeing things through here instead of here, you'll see them differently. Don't leave here until you get, you get clarity. Of, if nothing more. There's a call on your life. God has a plan for your life. There's something he has for you. And what, what do I do from this moment on, B? Then you leave here and you run after that. God, show me. Show me what that is. Okay? Okay? Okay. It's a talk back church. Now, this ain't one of them, let the preacher do all the talking. We're going to sit here and be quiet. And if we be quiet, maybe he'll stop. No, I actually will get through this a lot faster if you would talk back to me. In the, in the book of Ephesians, Paul prayed this prayer for the people of God. Listen to this prayer. Uh, Ephesians, it may be on the screen. I, I'm not sure. Ephesians 1, 18 and 19 says this. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope. Everybody say no hope. That you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Now, again, obviously our heart does not have eyes, but our heart is the core of who we are, the, co the core of, of what we're doing. And so he's saying, look, if you if, look through the eyes of your heart, what Paul is doing is he's connecting hope with vision. 
hope with vision. Because without hope, you'll have no vision. And without vision, you have no hope. If you don't have a vision for your life, things look hopeless. Look at this nation. Look at the craziness. Listen, I'm not trying to open up a can, but just know the can's there, okay? Look, if I don't have a vision, I, there's no hope. So I got to have a vision so I can have hope. But I have to have hope in order to see. The, the, the two go hand in hand. Let me say this. Vision is the picture of hope. That's what vision is. Vision is the picture of hope. When you have a vision for your life, you'll live your life full of hope. When you have a vision for your marriage, you'll have a marriage that's full of hope. That doesn't mean you're not going to go through hard times. That doesn't mean you're not going to go through disagreements. That just means there's hope you're going to get through it. And, and I quit is not an option. We said that a long time ago because we both have, 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 were previously married. Yeah, told you. Right? But we said from the very beginning that we remove the I quit option. That doesn't mean the enemy hasn't said something over the years like, hey, you know there's another option. No, not a, no, no, devil, they ain't. There ain't another option. The option I have is I, I stay. The option she has is I stay. Cause, why? Because we have a vision for our lives. See, we know there's a purpose. For, if, if we get caught up in, can I just, we selfish, and that's really what, that's what causes division. That's what causes the arguments in marriage. Somebody's being selfish. I'm just being honest. And I'm, we're not keeping score of who, who it was. <laughs> but we all are. But if we got caught up in, well, I've done this more times and you ain't helping and biggie, 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 there's other people whose lives are depending on us to stay focused on a vision for our lives. There's a city. There are people in your, in your circle, in your family, that are depending on, depending on you to keep this thing together. So don't just live your life by what you see with your eyes, but instead, you're able to live your life based on the vision that God has given you. You begin to see things differently because you don't see it in the natural. You see it based on the promise of God. Listen, we, those of you that have been around Release City, Forward Church, Calvary Worship Center, whatever the names we've gone through over the years as the, as the, 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 the dynamics of the ministry have changed, we are living right now in the promise of God. This ministry, and I'm not going to go back and redo my notes from two Sundays ago or last Sunday. I don't even know. Who's keeping score? But this ministry is established. And when I, I'm telling you, that's the word. I'm going to go back. That needs to be your word. Get established in God. Yes, he is, he is in you. He's in you. He's established in you. But get established in God. That's what we're doing for 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm emptying myself so, so that... Not that I can get something from him, but he can get more from me. In Acts chapter 2, it talks about, this is, this, this is having a vision for your life. It's what, it's what the book of Acts in chapter 2 is talking about when God says, I will pour out my spirit on you and you will dream dreams and have visions. It's a difference between your vision for your life and God's vision for your life. Okay? There's a big, big difference. 
The vision you have for your life, although it may have good intentions, with, without the fuel, motivation, inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you will, that, 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 your vision will deplete. But if you, ha- if you live your life based on what God's vision is for you, you'll keep going and going and going. You remember the Energizer, Bun- Energizer Bunny? Going and going and going and going. J- let, let, the, let God's vision fuel you. Amen? Amen? Today's entire talk is to help you see your life and life circumstances differently. So you, you must have vision. Number two, you must see that vision by faith. You can't begin. Once you see the vision, you can't then lose sight of it because it ain't lining up. We got 12 acres, paid cash for it. We're going to build a church. We're going to build a church. Yeah, but listen. But it costs too much right now. <laughs> and, 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 and we're good. We're good. I mean, I'm restless, but I can't lose sight of the vision. I got to see it by faith. It's coming. It's going to happen. And the same is true for you. Look, look what Abram says. Look what Abram says in verse, in verse 9. Let me just go back to it real quick. He said this. He said, the whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any section of the land you want, and we will separate. If you want the land to the left, I'll take the land to the right. And if you prefer the land on the right, then I'll go left. Verse 10 that we're not going to read, it just tells us, the very first sentence says, Lot took a look. And Lot chose the land that was best for him in the natural. How many decisions have we made that we feel like were best for our wallet? How many decisions have we made that we felt like was best because he or she made us feel better in the moment? You're not doing it for me no more, so I'm going to go check out option number two. No, there ain't no other option when you're establishing God. Who am I talking to? Feel like I'm looking in the mirror and I'm talking to myself today, but that's okay. I need it too. Listen, Lot was absolutely moved by what he saw. Abram knew that he had the advantage over Lot. Abram knew that because Lot was limited by what he saw. Abram was moved by faith. It's called having a faith advantage or a vision advantage. You can have, you can, people in your, in your office where you work, they can be so stressed out about what's going on, but you can look at that whole situation from a vision advantage. You can see it differently. It's called vision advantage. See, Lot had eyes on the best land. Abraham, Abram had his eyes on God. Amen. Lot was opportunistic, meaning he was looking for opportunity. And Abram knew that God was much bigger than one opportunity. We'll throw the vision away because this feels better. <laughs> Hear me. Lot was thinking... Lot was thinking right here, right now. Abram knew that God was bigger than a right here, right now. Sure, we could, we could, we could have went to the bank. Adam and I, we, we and the team, we could have went to the bank. We could have pressed on through, got the land, paid cash for it. Now we would take on this, and the mortgage would could have been, it would have been more than we could have taken. But it's the vision, God. Surely we should just move this, just move it on forward. It's not that I didn't have faith. He also gives me wisdom. So don't think that just because we're not breaking ground and doing some shovel stuff out there that, that, that bees lost sight of the vision. No, it's, it's very much in, in my eyesight, in, in the, my eyesight of my heart. Because if I look at it here, I'll be like, okay, we, we moved a little dirt. We've knocked some trees down. Yay. 
But I see, I see the finished product, guys. I'm telling you. It's coming. And I see that when, I, when y'all walk in here, I see the finished product in you. I see the finished product in you. And my job isn't to be the cheerleader. It's to say, come on, you got it. Don't give up. Come on, you got it. Keep on moving. Come on, just, just take one step. Don't worry about if you can run. Don't, you, 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 we just take it one step together. It don't matter if you're running like somebody else. If we're doing it like the other church, God called us to be this church. You'll never have a vision for the future if you're only looking at what's happening right now. You'll never see how your marriage could be if all you do is look at the condition that it is right now. And you have, and she has, and he, y'all have the ability to change what's going on. What's going on? Mm -mm. Here's the danger. Many people live their entire life. I want you to catch this. this I may go into part two next week. I, I don't know, because I'm not going to hold you here. I know y'all didn't, y'all, didn't, y'all didn't plug up your crock pot today. Listen, many people live their entire life obsessed about one moment instead of living for something greater. They live their whole life to get one moment of success. And then just because they captured success, they left really where they were headed. They, they just left it. Or they, they, they're so obsessed with one moment, I made a mistake. That they, they cancel themselves out and, and they, they, they no longer move forward. They're obsessed with, with, with success or they're obsessed with, with malfunctions, just making jacked up decisions. I know that's nobody in here, right? We all make the right decisions. Let me just shut it down and do altar call right now. Listen, anybody ever messed up in life? Listen, you say, yeah, I missed it, B. Maybe you did miss it, but God will provide another it. She ain't an it, but she, I was in the right city. I was just looking in the wrong direction. You know, girl, you know. <laughs> Worked at the same company. I never, y'all heard me tell, I never forget the day I saw her walk across that, that, that call center. It's like every, there was like 500 people in the room on conference calls. We was the operators and, and it's like all the lights went dim. And I could hear Stevie Wonder, isn't she lovely? Isn't she? You know, you know that in the, in the 90s, them, them, I got to stop. I got to stop. Oh, I got to stop. <laughs> them balloon pants, we'll be walking in the mall. They coming back, y'all. I'm like, baby, y'all, you know this. That's what did it for me. That caught my attention. There's something sweet about when you get, when, the, when God, oh, there's something sweet that happens. When, when God's vision captures your eyesight, when you begin to not just see it, because man, she was lovely, but when I saw it in my heart, and we've been through some junk, y'all, been, been through some junk, just like y'all. You may have missed it, but God will provide another it. God is much bigger than a job. God is much bigger than whatever season you're in right now where you feel like you're being depleted or you're, you're in a season of subtraction. Anybody, anybody went through a season of subtraction in 2022 where things just started leaving? Some, some subtraction is good. But some of it don't feel good. See, Lot was, Lot was taking advantage of the right here, right now. Abram was saying, yo, I'm here. I'm here for life. What, what am I saying? How you see it matters. 
There's a really cool story, 2 Chronicles chapter 25, about a king who is about to go to war. We're not going to turn there. But he hired 100,000 men to, to fight. And right after he spent the money, the man of God came and said, Hey, king, don't use those men to fight. <laughs> but what, what about the hundred talents that I, what about the money that I just put on the table? Anybody ever been there? The man of God responded when he said, what about, what about the money that I spent? The Lord, he said, the Lord is able to give you much more than this. The hand of God on your life, listen church, the hand of God on your life is much more than financial success. The blessing of God on your life is worth more than a financial setback. Listen, if you've ever made a move, whether you believed it was God or not, and you found yourself in a season of subtraction, it's easy to start living obsessed over what you lost. You get obsessed over, I had this. Use this as an example. Maybe you ran into a lot of money and you, you had some plans to do some things for your family and then you went through the money so fast and then you get, you get sideways because you're like, I should have used it for that. Listen, listen, listen. God has much more than that. Don't get obsessed with a transaction you should have made, could have made. You can live and shoulda, coulda, woulda to the day you die. God has much more than that. I'm trying to help some people who may have made a decision and now you feel like, oh, yeah, it was the wrong decision. Okay, so it was. Move on. Move on. Move on. It matters how you see it. God's bigger than one mistake. God's bigger than one opportunity. What's going to carry more weight? What you did or where you're going? You'd have to decide. Are you going to be, are you going to be weighted down by the decision you made that probably wasn't right? Or are you, going to be, are you going to be lifted by the decision of where you're going? I refuse to be weighted down by my poor decisions. And as I start learning this thing about how vision, I'm going to be less likely to make more and more bad decisions. Did you see what I'm saying? I don't mean just, okay, I made another bad decision. Okay, I'm going to keep on going. No, the more and more that I seek after the heart of God and the more and more I understand his vision and his purpose for my life, the less bad decisions I'm going to make. Right. Am I doing better, babe, in decision-making? That's the right answer. She, she'll get home. She'll be like, for illustration-wise, I agree with you, but you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just made a decision a long time ago. I'm not going to live my life with regret. I'm not going to live under self-pity because I'm going to live my life believing that God has, has much more for me. And I believe he has much more for you. Amen? Amen. Isaiah 61, 7 says this. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. What's your inheritance? Your, inher your inheritance is God's much more. That's God's inheritance for you and I, his much more. So how do, we, how do we change how we see things? Number one, we must have vision. Number two, we must see that vision by faith. Number three, then I have one more after that. Number three, we must see the possibility of that vision. You got to see the possibility. Genesis 13, 14. After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, look as far as you can, as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. West, God is speaking to you today and he's saying this, look around right where you are. We can start right where you are. That's what he's saying. We can start right here. 
Wherever you are, you can start there. You may have made bad, you, you, may, you may have slipped, slipped up and said some, some wordy dirds on the way to church to your kids. I know. This is not confession time. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. However you feel led, I'm just saying. Listen, you, he can, you can start right here. He can start right here. He can, I'm just kidding. He can start right here. I never, man, dad growing up, dad, 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 I know y'all saw Coach Weber to be, oh, but dad was dad sometimes, and he, he, because uh, I want to hang out with y'all a little longer, I'm not going to go there, but I'm just saying, he was so quick, he taught us so much about when he blew it, he, he before we'd ever walk in the church, he'd go, hey y'all, I'm, I'm sorry, I blew it, I messed up. He was quick to make it right, be quick to make it right. And wherever you are, start there. Wherever you find yourself right now, start there. If you have a vision and you've lost sight, and you've lost sight, you know there's a vision for your life and you know there's purpose, but you've lost sight of it, start there. If you have no vision and you don't know about that, but you want it, you want to know, it doesn't matter how far you think you are, God can use where you are right now. Start where you are. Don't obsess with where you are. Look around and see the possibility. It's important that you and I have vision for our lives. And a vision for our marriage, the vision for your marriage and a vision for this ministry. It's important that I have vision because it's the vision that will ultimately, ultimately get me to my destination. Let me say it this way. If I want to go to Disney World this afternoon, y'all like Disney? If I wanted to go to Disney, if I went and jumped on 75 and headed north, guess what? <laughs> I'm not going to get to my destination. Oh, I might be on the right road. I'm just headed in the wrong direction. I'll never get there. It's important that you capture God's vision for your life so you can get there. The vision is your roadmap to your destination. Let me read 2 Corinthians, and I'm almost done. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and the message translation says this. Dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter into this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. If you feel disqualified today, that's coming from within inside of you because you've allowed yourself to listen to voices, even voices that may have took you all the way back to your childhood. You'll never amount to anything. Oh, you're just nothing. You'll never be anything. Listen, your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm here today to tell you God has something big for you. Live big for Him. Okay? Let me tell you what vision does. Vision chooses your daily routine. That's what vision does. If I have a vision for my life, my daily routine should change to help me to head in that direction. It's going to sting. But vision chooses your priorities. Vision dictates how you use your time. Remember, vision is a roadmap to to where you want to go. My vision dictates how I invest and spend my money. Vision. Think about it. Just think about it. My vision dictates my attitude in life. My vision is going to choose my hobbies. And my vision is going to choose my friends. Listen, you don't outgrow people, but you do outgrow values. Because people are valuable. People, it doesn't mean I'm better than you. Because you're, you're, you're God's child, right? He created you too. But I'm going south and you're going north. So as you continue to pursue the vision for your life, it You're going to have to stop dragging people along that were never intended to go with you. 
Point number one, we must have a vision. How do we change how we, how we see things? Number two, we must see that the vision, we must see that vision by faith. Number three, we must see the possibility. And number four, in closing, we must see the vision as sacred. I must protect it. I protect my wife. When I find out that dudes are hitting on her at the gas tank and I'm coming through town, I said, I'll be right there. Which, which pump do I need to show up at? True story. Because she, I, I try to throw a laugh in there just to make sure y'all still with me. Because she is sacred to me. She is part of the vision. We must see the vision as sacred. Here's what I mean. Lot chose the best land and immediately got in trouble. If you know the story about Sodom and Gomorrah, you you know. Because he was choosing by his own strength and intellect. But Abram lived by faith. It says that when he chose the land, one of the first things he did was built another altar. Everybody say another. That means it wasn't the first time. What's an altar? In the Old Testament, the altar was a place of sacrifice. The altar was the place of offering. The altar was the place of worship. The altar was the place of prayer. The altar was the place where you submitted everything to God. Having an altar and keeping an altar are so vitally important. Listen. Because everything that he's given me belongs to him. It's on the altar. It's his. But if I keep anything away from him, it's basically saying, it's mine. It's mine, Jesus. It's mine, God. Listen. Yeah, and everything comes with it. Listen, for me personally, my temptation, my temptation isn't to go and do something radically stupid with my life. My temptation it's just to let this thing play out however and, and no longer go to the altar. Never, no longer find a place of altars. In other words, living by convenience. Like we, we take things serious when things are out of control. Like, oh my God, come before you right now. But when everything's smooth, we, 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 it's a lot less knee time and a lot more me time. <laughs> and so for me... I got to make sure that I got to make sure that I'm laying all this on the altar. That I'm laying you on the altar like like this ministry like this isn't mine. I'm just a steward. And one day when I'm gone, somebody else will come and steward. But right now, I have a responsibility. We have a responsibility together to lay ourselves on the altar and go this is your marriage, God. And it, it may be rocky, but guess what? I've already said it. I'm going to say it again. He can start where you are. Right where you are. I can't afford to lose my place of worship. That's why it was so important that I... that Because I could have very easily just sat down today vocally I tried to get out of but there was something I don't want to I didn't this that's my worship it's my time at the altar that's my time not to get in front of you but to get in front of God maybe that maybe my my passion might inspire and encourage you to get in front of God I believe that 
but we can't afford to lose our place of worship. I'm done. Adam, will you come? Worship team, will you come? They're going to close us out and I'll meet you at the door. What do I want you to know today? Did you get anything out of this today? This is what I want you to know. This is what I want you to know. Listen, all right. I wasn't looking for an attaboy, but I I just want to make sure. Because I I never know if you're quiet because it's hitting home, if you're quiet because you're ready to go home. I I never know the difference. But, But what I want you to know is this. You have a vision for your life. You got to have one. What do I want you to do with it? See it by faith. See the possibility. See it as sacred. And make sure that you keep it at the altar. I'm telling you, God is up to something good. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. God is up to something good. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.